0: You're listening to The Per-Service Podcast, episode number 19. Well, Happy New Year to you. Today, we're talking a little bit about our favorite things from 2016 and also how to make the most of 2017. And we know there are a lot of podcasts out there and other programs all vying for your attention. So thank you for checking us out and spending part of your day just hanging out with us. And that's largely why we started this podcast, because... As classical music performers, we spend a lot of time by ourselves practicing or in rehearsals. And when we're hanging out with other musicians, we usually just want to keep things casual and upbeat. And so when do we ever talk about the things that are really going on or the things that encourage us and inspire us as creative professionals? And we hope that this podcast can be that place for you if you're new to the podcast you can read more about who we are at www.perservice.co but in short if we were standard pieces in the orchestral repertoire Anna Luce she'd be Beethoven 5 gets to the point quickly but in a memorable and unexpected way Jessica Wiersma she'd be the Ruslan and Ludmilla overture a virtuosic flair but with a good story and a nice melody christian marshall he'd be the overture to candide by leonard bernstein based on some dense and thought-provoking material but with a silly side and michael giblin that's me i'd be the lincoln portrait by aaron copeland unintelligible and mumbling for the first half then repetitive for the second half but for some reason keeps getting programmed And if you've been listening to the show for a while and enjoy hanging out with us, would you consider supporting our work by becoming a patron of the show? Running the show does cost money, and we're not creating this for tons of people or for very wealthy people either, so every little bit helps. You can visit perservice.co/slash peruservice.co/patron to pledge your financial support of the show, and you can become a patron just for as little as $1 a month. And if you can't give financially, you could help us out tremendously by recommending the show to the musicians around you. It could give you and your stand partner something to talk about, right? Well, that's it from me. Uh, we do put a lot of thought and work into creating a good show, but I'm going to start the recording a little earlier than I typically would today to give you a little behind the scenes view of what getting started often looks like for us. So I hope you enjoy.
1: I think I need to pull up those questions. Again. Oh, yes, what did, did we have for the, the New Year's goals? Mm-hmm. Did we have questions for the goals?
2: It's in the think about it thread, right?
0: Yeah. Think about it. Just think about,
3: think about it, it you, yeah. you, you, you Gibby. You have to take it. You must boat. be high, love. <gasps> Isn't
0: that is that some
2: Phil Collins? Ooh.
3: Think about hey. it. Is Phil Collins the trumpet know. man? No,
2: no. Phil Collins mm. is the guy who did. Do, 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 do. You'll be in my heart. You'll be. in <laughs> I my
3: mean, my heart. He's from Genesis. <laughs>
2: Can we find out? <laughs>
0: That's
3: also <gasps> Phil Driscoll. Greg and I watched a video <laughs> of him last week, this. and it killed me because he's like balding, but he had like a fro ish eighties and with, with
1: like the the, the the curly waterfall, right? In the yeah. Back. Co- but then yeah. he
3: started like teasing it at, at Michael W. Smith and Amy Grant at Christmas concerts because he used to like tour with them, Whoa. I guess. Oh. And his trumpet skills were like. Alarming.
0: Good, As good. alarming. good.
3: I mean, good, but like, do you guys know about that? I'm going to send you a video. I
0: don't think I know this. Okay. I know who he is. Yeah, yeah.
3: All
0: right. Hey, Michael, yes. I have a question.
1: <laughs> what was your favorite viral video?
0: Ooh, of 2016. So this is so silly. And I was a little late to the bandwagon, but the Chewbacca lady?
3: Do you actually like that?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I watched it maybe twice i don't think i even watched it all the way through the second time but the, the very first time i was just like cracking up it, I, oh, that's awesome there was just something like so nerdy like authentically nerdy and just that the lady was having just like such a f- good time just by herself in the car like <laughs> just that that silly mask <laughs> would bring somebody so much joy it was just like so funny to me yeah
2: I actually think it was the most viewed video of
3: 2016. I think I recently
0: so, talked really? about that. Yeah. Was it? Well, because what else was there? No. Wow. You-
3: it's also the most controversial. Really? I think it's because I know the people where her kids got um, scholarships to the college. It's it's in a town that's close to where I grew up. And people were like, I can't believe this woman. And they're going to give her free tuition. And blah, 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 blah. People were really mad. I don't know. So I guess they I only heard the <sighs> negative statement.
0: <laughs> yeah, they always, <there> everybody <laughs> wants her rain I'm on other people's she, parade.
3: It's true. I'm glad that she genuinely was cracking up in a car about Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> kind
0: of great. I don't know. Because what, what other videos were there? Were there some other good stuff from 2016?
3: I don't know if it was 2016, but that sloth video where he's picking out carrots from the celery... Kills me, man. <laughs> I'm serious. It's so funny. He's like laying down because it's how I eat snacks. And he's like, This is not what I want. This is it. Go to the next one. It is <laughs> so
1: I don't know. Speaking I don't of sloth, I know this one. I cannot get enough of Kristen Bell's sloth meltdown on The Ellen Show. Have you guys seen that yeah. video? It's pretty great. Oh my gosh. And then the Gregory uh. brothers the auto-tune of that and made a song to her sloth meltdown. I cannot get enough of these. I watched them back to back. They are so good. Awesome. I don't think I know this.
2: (laughs) Was that from this year? No,
1: it's an oldie but a goodie. That's what I
2: thought. Okay. I was just making sure for my own. (laughs) (laughs) It's a
1: vintage,
3: vintage YouTube.
1: Yeah, it's actually funny. Nothing from 2016 as far as YouTube goes really has stuck with me. I don't know.
3: This is going to be the year, 2017.
0: Yeah, I can't say I'm sad to see 2016 go. It's kind of been a lot of people died a lot of a lot of big famous people and just like just recently too so just has not been a, a stellar year
3: jess and i will forever be mourning on <sighs> growing pains dad <laughs> oh, well.
0: man alan thick yeah. yeah we just started watching this is us we had like just watched the episode where he's in really? and then he died and we were like oh my
3: gosh
0: yeah mm, wow sad so, everybody talks about oh yeah new year 's resolutions and setting goals and stuff, and I kind of hate resolutions right I just and i can 't decide if it 's really because i 've never really had much success at sticking with them or if I need to be doing something better throughout the year to remind myself of the my resolutions and try to stay with them so I think that 's why i 've sort of developed a a cynical view of resolutions but i didn't know if do you guys feel that way too or is the new year a refreshing time of year that uh, you can set some new goals and you know is that something that you do regularly
3: um i hate resolutions i think they're dumb <laughs> anna tell us how you really feel <laughs> right i did and i will continue to do so but- <laughs> well i just <laughs> i think that in my own life anyway if i've ever set a resolution i break it immediately like dieting and like exercising. Yeah. <laughs> I always say a new year and new me, but never happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's sad because it's true. So I just like, I'm just like, great. Why don't I just have these ideas throughout the year and be consistent instead of saying on January 1st? Yeah. I'm suddenly going to be a different person. Oh
0: Exactly. Yeah. Or like, I'm suddenly going to change my whole lifestyle on January 1st. Yeah. My relationship to
1: New Year's Social Solutions is pretty much like, driving down the highway and then throwing your engine in reverse look what that does to the car not such a good thing <laughs> that's basically how i react It's like what <laughs> no i i i remember i've tried to cut out sugar before i don't i literally don't even think that lasted 24 hours <laughs> i had managed to give up coffee for about like a month and a half but that then like, i just went back <sighs> to it because like i wanted to
3: Yeah,
2: Um,
3: ever do that. That sounds like punishment.
2: Sometimes I have a really hard time trusting people who don't drink coffee. Yeah, it's hard.
0: I was sort of that way. I all through college didn't drink coffee and then I discovered it and I was like, why why was I doing that to myself? Right. Right.
3: Yep. Masterworks did it to me. Drove me to coffee at young
2: age.
3: (laughs) I think the trick with
2: resolutions is to set things that are actually realistic. And instead of saying things like, I won't eat sugar, if you phrase it in a better, like a more positive light, like I will eat less uh. sugar or something like that. Like, I think there is something mm-hmm. about, um, instead, cause I think a lot of times we tend to set resolutions that, um, subtract something from our lives, <gasps> mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to diet. I'm going to not eat good food. Like I'm not going to eat food that tastes good. <laughs> or I'm gonna take out, you know like I'm that's gonna, kind of how we take out all the tasty so food it's, in my it's life. sometimes about how we sprays it and set it to ourselves and also i went through oh my gosh i used to hate resolutions because i'd set like 20 well that's uh, not gonna work out very well for anybody actually one time i found like a note i wrote on my phone about like my goals for the year and i totally forgot they were there and there were like 25 and i was like well i accomplished none of these because i forgot all of them <laughs> Oh my god! So now it's like okay, let's just set like one or two Mm -hmm. that are more general. Are doable? Yeah, Yeah, and they might be Mm -hmm. more like maintain a healthy lifestyle, whatever that means. Practice. I didn't say practice every day. uh, I just had.
3: Oh, I like that you're trying to spin it in a positive light, and it being like something that we look forward to, even. And not a punishment. New Year's punishment. Because yeah. that's what it feels like. We don't want punishments, yeah. I
2: currently have like 25 I'm thinking about implementing, so I will fail at all of them again. It's fine. I did a little bit of
0: research and there's all these little acronyms and stuff for advice on setting goals. And I think a lot of people talk about like, oh, this, the SMART acronym for setting goals. This Your goals should be like specific and measurable and attainable and realistic and time-based. So those are some of the... I know there are, there are some, some guidelines out there for setting goals that you can achieve. Something I'm thinking about this year are sort of the setting goals that are just outside your comfort zone, but not in the unrealistic or... I don't know. You might call them the danger zone or something. like Something that may, is uncomfortable to, to aim for that makes you sort of question if you could really do it, but it's sort of a challenge to get to because I think if I just set goals that are easy to attain, that are like in the comfort zone, then I'm not really pushing myself. I'm not really, I don't really have to try that hard to make a change in my life. Is that kind of like aim for the stratosphere and you'll land among the stars? <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that, was that on a poster in your math class or something? I don't know,
1: but I have definitely heard that sort of thing before. Always aim for something more difficult and more outside of your comfort zone so that when you land, you've got even further than you had expected.
0: Yeah, even if you don't make it all the way to the goal, you'll still have grown some, somewhat. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I know that's cheesy. and
2: um, Can you give us an example of what you mean about something that's like just outside your comfort zone or that you're thinking about setting or be specific and smart
1: and measurable yeah and And realistic and
3: time-based and and timeless no (laughs) time-based i know but also timeless (laughs) i like that i just like it getting more ridiculous it's more fun
0: yeah i think taking auditions are something that it pushes me outside my comfort zone because it's really easy to just sort of stay around the house and practice for gigs and make little videos and and stuff for the website. But actually getting out there and competing is kind of uncomfortable. And taking auditions are something that really forced me to practice. And in a sense, they do the daily checkup and say like, Hey, are you practicing? Because, you know, in March that audition is coming and you said you were going to go to it, you know, you bought a ticket, whatever you sent in your deposit. Um, you need to, you need to be working for it. And so some in, in a way auditions are sort of a built in uh, goal for me or
1: accountability check.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So
2: do you guys have some goals for yourselves for the upcoming year? especially as musicians, what you might want your 2017 to look like.
3: I said I hate resolutions, but I have been thinking about this because I've been, you know, at the right now, the four of us are in the midst of gig season. I don't know about you, Michael and Christian, but Jess and I have been hitting like triple and quadruples. (laughs) This week and it's been woo, it's been a lot. Just staying alive in these times can be very tricky. Or hydrated. I got home last night and I was like, holy crap, I haven't had any water today. Well, and you know why it's really hard to stay hydrated too?
2: Because it's negative five billion degrees. Exactly. And so I only want to drink warm, tasty things.
3: Yep, you are correct. But I have been considering this in the midst of all these gigs. Some of them I haven't been as prepared as I would like to be. And So two things. One, I really would like to focus um, my 2017 outside of my identity as a musician, because most of my jobs are still of the freelance variety or substituting. And as you know, there's like little to no stability mentally there because you may be called next week or you may not. And it's really starting to like fry my brain thinking like, oh, I don't know, there are a couple of weeks where I didn't get called for this one gig I've been doing consistently. I thought I was like, am I fired? What's happening? And it was always in the back of my mind, like eating, eating me up. And I like, I can't live like that. So apart from music, I need to have things that I'm proud of as a human being. But at the same time, I think I could be much more aggressive in a, in a healthy way about being prepared for the gigs that I do have. So I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm a slacker sometimes in that those first rehearsals, I am not always prepared and I'm a little bit ashamed about it. So that's going to be, yeah, that's what, that's going to be what I'm looking at. I really like that. Hmm. You have caused me
2: to have some new musings as well. That is really hmm. good. Musings.
0: I think it's Nadia Boulanger quote that says your music will never be more Or less than you are as a person
3: Hmm. something like
0: that but essentially there's sort of three parts of us that there's the technician the musician and the person music school beats a lot of the uh, musician and the technician part there's not really expected to oh you have to like take care of the person part I don't I don't entirely know what that means for everybody, but there has to be some sort of cultivating and growing as a person that directly influences, you know, how you perform. Mm -hmm. And and also, I think so much as we've been talking about auditions, that how healthy you are emotionally and in your mind really impacts how well you perform at auditions, because there you could probably say equally as much just a mental challenge as it is musical or technical. For sure. So, yeah.
1: Well, one big theme of 2016 for me, especially the second half, was, um, yeah, figuring out the aspect of a freelancing life, um, especially when you do different types of things, whether it's, let's say, if you're just a musician, it could be gigging uh, plus teaching, And if maybe you do other things, like for me, for example, I also do a bit of writing and translating for two publishers. Actually, more than a bit is probably at least half half the work that I do. And so what happens is, like you know, if I spend a couple hours a day writing, and then I'm like, okay, now I want to practice. It's not like this is the first bit of creative work I've done that day or I'm setting out to do that day to kind of accept the fact that I only have 100% energy when the day starts and I have to become better at allocating that and kind of spreading it amongst the activities and the interests that I have and accepting the fact that I won't be able to perform with 100% energy and concentration on each of those tasks equally. And so that's just something that I'm now kind of thinking about for this next year. So which ones are the most important to me? Which ones am I allowed to say, hey, even if I function at 70% max capacity on this one subject, I'm okay with that. It's going to be fine. One thing that I also have, again, accepted this year is like, Even if all of those things that you do work-related are great, you do have to balance yourself out. You do need some sort of hobby, whether it be cooking or reading or exercising. You definitely need something to kind of balance out that creative work. And yeah, our bodies need to be healthy. And so one big hobby that I've gotten into the last couple of years that I've picked back up again is springboard diving. And my trainers just told me this week at our Christmas party, they want me to do the regional championship in June. Wow! So I'm working on my program now. And and it's so funny. And I've already realized like, okay, I have to cancel a festival, this thing that I normally do in the summer, because that's when the championship is. But this is something that really balances me out as a person. And... To get to that point to say, like, yes, I'm a musician and yes, I'm an artist and I'm creative, but I can't do those things if I don't function well as a person. So, like, this is this is what I need, you know, to to remain whole.
3: That's so cool.
0: Yeah, that is cool. Do do you find that it's helpful, like the translating stuff, having other projects where you can finish the project and see your results? I know that. At the end of practicing, you can sometimes you can really see the difference in how you perform, but because it's like an auditory sense that you just sort of have to hear it. And there's something I think I enjoy about seeing the progress that you made and be like, ha, I made this. I did all this work. I translated three pages or something. Do you feel that sort of satisfaction because it's a different sense?
1: Um, Ooh, that's a good question in a way it's probably it's probably a little bit more like instant gratification or this instant satisfaction because then you know someone likes your work or they accept it or, or whatever and like sometimes we're not maybe not embarrassed of our gigs but we're not proud of them in the same way it's like okay I did this gig it was fine but rarely do people mention, gigs weeks later or you don't call up your family to tell them about the gig or something you
0: know (laughs) it's just hey mom i played 15 concerts of the christmas celebration yeah exactly
1: you know it's like mm, i don't know just did 17 17 17
2: 17 yeah Uh, um
1: i had seen this interview well heard this watched this interview on youtube yesterday um where the author was saying she gets her work done. She can write when the fear of not writing, so basically, you know, being afraid of the consequences of what will happen if she doesn't write, when that outweighs the fear of writing. When actually, it's when it's no longer so easy to distract herself with other things and just to think, oh, there's tons of other stuff I'd rather do. I don't want to write right now. And I was just wondering if if it's this. Same way for us. Like, do we not take auditions or do we not push ourselves to get better because we're actually kind of content and, and okay with the current circumstances. And we don't really, there's no reason for us to be afraid of what will happen if we don't take those auditions or if we don't, um, push ourselves, you know, to maybe get into different ponds because, you know, I've heard. I've heard from a lot of people who have won jobs. It's come at a time when they really had no other choice. They were like, I realized I had to do it. Like it was now or never. And then boom, they win. Or, you know, why? Why do we all of a sudden get a lot better before recitals? (laughs) Because that's when it kicks in and we're like, okay, now I really know how I need to practice. And then like we clean up those little things that we've just been avoiding because it's annoying work. You know, it's the little bit of work that we don't like doing. It's easier to just not do it, but the recital gets closer and then you realize, okay, I can't run away anymore and I don't want to embarrass myself, so now I'll do it.
0: Is that true for us as musicians? I think it's so true. I think that the pain hasn't gotten real yet for a lot of people or that like that's what keeps you in your sort of comfort zone is just that there's no pain in not trying. Like you have a comfortable amount of gigs and comfortable amount of income and you don't really need to push yourself you don't really need to set yourself up for a possible failure Mm -hmm. and so a lot of people don't don't try but then you're making life really hard because inevitably something difficult will happen or some you know some life will Life will happen to you. And then it gets really harder when you're like, "Okay, I need money now and I should have been practicing like all these years or something. There is a little bit of the pain that forces you to start working. Right, right. Was that Ann
2: Patchett, by the way, who said that?
0: It was.
2: Yeah. Because is it from her essay... I've mentioned it on the podcast before. Um, oh,
1: really? No, no, no. I've not. I've not read any of her essays, but I just I saw an interview. Oh, OK. Yesterday. So there's
2: an essay. I'll, I can't remember which one it's called. It's something about like cars where she was like, if you lock yourself in a room with a computer and nothing else, like you get rid of Internet, you get rid of TV and all that stuff. You don't have to write like you can't do anything except write. OK, so if you want to sit there for like two hours and stare at a screen like that's fine. But you can't busy yourself with distractions. And she was saying at some point, if you can sit there and like not miss writing, then you shouldn't be a writer. And, you know, it might take you weeks. You might like lock yourself in a room for two hours a day for weeks and not be able to write. And that's okay. But if you're like, oh, I can replace those two hours with something else, then maybe you shouldn't be right. And when I was listening to her, I was like, if you just replace the word writing with musician or dancing or whatever, it's the exact same thing. She's like, can you be in a room? Because I'm like, can I be in a room? With a violin for two hours, and not be allowed to do anything else, and not practice.
3: I and mean, then, like maybe yeah, for like point, point.
2: when I'm having a really hard time with it or something, but oh, it yeah. wouldn't last for.
3: Yeah, if Netflix isn't there, count me out. Exactly.
2: If if I, if I don't, practice and that's that. what she was saying. If you don't have a distraction, <laughs> like if you don't allow yourself to be distracted, what you really want to do will come out.
1: That's cool. Oh, no, that makes sense. Yeah.
2: Also, the um, essay that she wrote. Um, It's the getaway car, a practical Uh, memoir about writing.
0: I will put that in
2: the show notes. It's really, yeah, it's a real, it's long, but it's really good. Hmm. And again, if you replace the word writing or Mm -hmm, writer with anything else that you're doing, it's like, ooh. Getcha. I actually found it really encouraging because I would write it when I was going through like a time of, oh, should I even be doing this? You know, uh, right, so I right. found it really encouraging, actually.
3: It's so true. Sorry, I'm still um, mulling over what you said, Michael. But
0: I'm a, an acquired taste. You know, oh. often I say things and people have to. <laughs> oh pros,
3: my pros, pros, Just get out of here. The first
0: step is just like understanding what he said. Like, what, what did no. he actually
3: No. <laughs> Give yourself some credit, Michael. <laughs> that's oh. why I edit oh man. oh man yeah well we here at the Service podcast as you may know from following us on Instagram have gig of the week as a hashtag but yeah I think we should talk about our gigs of the yeah. year yeah hmm. it's been a long year
2: it has been a long <laughs> long year I do remember last year I started the year with a tumble a literal physical tumble down seven stairs and really hurt my shoulder mm. And that's not a gig, but it was memorable. (laughs) And I am hoping to not repeat that this year. (laughs) Uh, I had to cancel an audition. I couldn't play my violin for like weeks because I was afraid my shoulder was going to fall out. It was really sad. Yeah. Yeah. I really think my shoulder fell out halfway. And then went back in Ooh, because nope. every once in a while it didn't heal right because every once in a while there's something, something where I'm like oh no. my god it's gonna go <laughs>
3: Oh no! but my arm is still attached. So. You should maybe get that looked at but can I you know. tell us your most memorable performance instead of the one where you fell down the stairs I will. Most memorable performance <laughs> and there's like cuts to Jess <laughs> falling down the stairs <laughs>
2: um, I have a new gig in my life and <laughs> it's working out well so far Excited mm. to see where it goes, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, guys haven't, you guys haven't really defined the relationship yet, Oh my God, I'm a loser.
2: You. No, but so I just have really enjoyed... Um, I have been very fortunate this year to start working where I live, which is actually really nice because I've been traveling a lot for work until this past fall. So it's really amazing how much better I play when I don't have to drive three hours to a place. Yeah, yeah. And then three hours home. I don't know. That's just been it's been nice to actually work where I live a little bit more. So that's memorable because it's been a big life change. I've gained back like literally hours of my day <laughs> with which I can watch Netflix or practice. <laughs> <laughs> or a little of both. Yeah. So <laughs> good. Remember, you got to cultivate yourself as you got to
0: grow as a person, too. So. Self-care, I th- I believe, is the uh, the official term for that. Yeah, day. add, that, uh, add uh,
3: that to goals. More self-care. I'm going to add that to goals for both Jess and I that we can continue to work in our own cities <laughs> for 2017. Now it's like I feel very spoiled. And yeah. now I'm
2: like, ooh, I really don't want to have to start <laughs> driving super far again. No. For, for like little things. If it's like, you know, if Boston Symphony wants to call me, like, yeah, I'll go there. That's fine. Sure. Also, other places can still call me. People out there, personal managers, I am open for, you know, going places. Not saying I'm shutting it all down, but... yeah, <laughs>
0: That is sort of the thing as everybody starts to assume. Like, oh, you've made it. You're you're great. You don't need any more gigs from us. And you're like, oh, well...
3: no, nope. I, I need all know. of them still. Yeah, I need all of them still. Thank you very much. The more work, the better. Because I'm still not out of the woods yet. <laughs> yep. Christian, how about your most memorable gig of the year? Well... Gig of the Let's year see. in Whoa.
1: February. Maria and I coached the Vanderbilt University Orchestra, and so we got to like visit them and work with them for two weeks on that, and that was super exciting. And that was really fun to be on the other side of an orchestra and yeah. to like coach. So I really, so really like that. Then in summer, I did a tour with a Baroque orchestra. We played. What did we play? That's how memorable that was. No. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Orfeo and Oirodice.
3: Oh, nice. Um,
1: yeah, and it was with like an unbelievable counter tenor, Valor oh, So good. And then they also did it with the puppet theater from Vienna. So basically, the singers were on stage to sing out of like fallaway windows from the stage setting and then everything was done with puppets and it was the coolest scenery stuff. Yeah, and then we went up to Germany. We went to uh, Erlangen and played in one of the coolest theaters. And so that was really exciting for me. I enjoyed that. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned that amazing countertenor, which took me back to when we were first starting the podcast, I guess, right? When I was doing Dido on tour and there's a soprano. Dang, that girl is good. I just, like, could listen to her sing all the time. I think she was the part of Belinda. She wasn't even, like, the main Ah. soprano for Dido, and it was so good. Um, (laughs) Also. That
2: was not when we started the podcast, but.
3: But it was, like, at sort of the beginning days, right? No, not really. When did we start it? Are we a year old uh, yet? We're over a year old. We were a year old last uh, summer.
0: But I officially uh, released the first episodes, I think, January 7th. So we are...
3: Okay. Maybe that's we, maybe we I a... think of January as our beginning. I have no sense of time. The podcast oh, is timeless. It's fine. It was snowing in <laughs> April also, which is a problem. It was. I remember that. <laughs> it's a real problem. Um, anyway, that was yeah. so memorable. But I have to say, I don't know, SNL sticks out to me because I was just like... That was just super fun, but it was rock music. And then this week, I had the best time, you guys, playing with... um, The Hard Nut. Yeah, The Hard Nut, which is (laughs) Mark Morris (laughs) Dance Group's version of the Nutcracker. There's actually a search for a hard nut. Apparently, it's required with... What's the guy's name? Drosselmeyer?
0: Oh yeah. Godfather Dresselmeyer. You guys got to look this up. You
3: should put a link because the costumes for this are incredible. I don't even know how to describe the style that they're going for, but it's just, Mm -hmm. it's fantastic. And the orchestra, (laughs) I've never played in an orchestra this awesome. The contractor, he just like knows so many great people and we all just had such a great time. I was sitting right next to the flutes. The piccolo was literally in my ear, but in parts, there's so many parts of the Nutcracker. They're like two major parts. that are super glorious. And I was uh-huh. like, it's great. My brains are being blown out. But it's music and it's like, it. beautiful. <laughs> 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 oh, wow. But it was, yeah, it was so nice to play with a like, really great orchestra after so many years of playing with. Yeah. This is me doing a thumbs down. Not so great orchestra. Double thumbs down. <laughs> yeah, that's what I got.
0: All been there. Yeah.
3: All right. All right.
0: Well, I think we should we should wrap this this episode Ooh, up. Wrap it up. We'll see you guys in 2017. Ooh. Looking forward
2: to wow. doing it. it. Hey Jess, do you have
3: a slogan opponent. for 2017 yet?
2: Oh man, to she get always. more green in 2017. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> I could interpret that green. a lot of ways. A lot
3: of ways. <laughs> yeah. But I think they're all. Interpret common. as you
2: will, my friend
3: they're all positive and this means smoking day long
0: eating eat more <laughs> kale right <laughs> no exactly it cannot
3: it like really <gasps> applies
2: to all aspects of life
3: honey yeah. new mm-hmm. growth
0: right mm-hmm. all right guys all right. i am michael giblin
3: <laughs> i'm anna Luce. i'm jessica Wearsma.
1: and i'm christian
3: marshall i thought about auld lang Syne, but then i couldn't
0: well, that is our show, folks. Perservice.co 19, like the number, is where you'll find all those videos of the Chewbacca lady or the sloth video and also some of the more serious items we mentioned like the SMART goal-setting plan and then essay by Ann Patchett and you can follow us during the week on Instagram we are at perservicepodcast we love seeing what's going on in your life and if you have a question you'd like to ask us just send us a message and another way you could really help us out would be to leave us a rating or a review in iTunes it just helps other musicians find our show if they're searching for podcasts for musicians or something like that iTunes says looks like people like the Podcast and recommends the show in the search results uh, we greatly appreciate the support from Siri Bloom, Kathleen Lavengood, and our newest supporter, Ann Bruggeman, for supporting the show on Patreon. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And a lot of love from the ladies. Where are the guys? Got, come on, guys. Uh, if you would like to join the community of supporters, head over to perservice.co slash patron, or you can also just search for our show on patreon.com. We will see you again in two weeks when we talk about recovering from the holidays and finding the drive to get going again and lots of good stuff like that. Until then, be well and practice well. Oh, and Higher Love was written by Steve Winwood, not Phil Collins. Sorry about that.